0: special broads and books bonus episode every week in our regular episodes we tell you about our favorite books based on different weekly themes because we love books so much so
1: much we do so we started thinking the authors that write the books we love they probably love books too they do so we should ask them about the books that they've
0: read and love now listen
1: (laughs) it is brilliant brilliant. right yes
0: we could have selfishly hoarded this conversation just for us, but we did not do that because we love you. So welcome to our new bonus
1: series, The Broads Talk Books with Adrian Broder. This is where we talk to some of our authors that we've recommended or will recommend soon and nerd out about books.
0: Like Erin said, today we've got Adrian Broder. She has a new book out called Wild Game, My Mother, Her Lover, and Me. It is a crazy book that we both loved. Yes.
1: And we are recommending it in episode 40 that was just out yesterday. Oh,
0: this is so timely. It's ridiculous. It's like we planned it. Yes. So we got Adrienne Broder up on the interwebs, live and in person. And we asked her all sorts of questions about the books she loves, how she finds her book recommendations, and what she demands you read right now. And through the magic of technology, oh, technology. we're letting you listen in. Plus, all the books that she mentions and recommends, we are including those in the show notes. So you can click right to them. That's the service we provide. We are super excited about this new
1: series of bonus interviews. We've got lots planned and in progress. And all you have to do to get the latest is hit subscribe in your podcast player or visit our
0: website at broadsandbooks.com. Amazing. Amazing magic. Now, here's our interview with Adrian Broder. Perfect. Awesome. Okay. So, you know, like we said, um, in Broadson Books, we've, we, every week, we talk about different themes. So our very first episode, actually, uh, we talked about first, we talked about debut books. And we thought because you came to reading a little bit late, that got us thinking. So could you tell us what was the first book that you remember loving? You mean as
2: a child? as a child, as a, as a, when you came to reading later in life, Okay. Well, I feel like I have 10 different answers, but as a child, (laughs) it was definitely through E.B. White's books, Charlotte's Web, Stuart Little, and so on, because essentially every life lesson is in those books, death, friendship, family, home differences. I mean, they're just so incredible. And I remember just listening to my parents, read them to me and loving them. And then, you know, per what you said, I actually, although I was obviously, you know, reasonably well educated and read books Mm -hmm. as part of school, I was not the kid with the flashlight, like reading every single Nancy Drew (laughs) without breathing during my childhood. I mean, I I read, but I didn't read, read, read. And it wasn't until my father married this or got together with this incredibly wonderful independent bookstore owner in California. And she started pressing books into my hands in my mid-20s. And it was like she intuited I was in trouble, which I was at that time in my life. And every book she gave me kind of featured a young female protagonist getting herself out of some fix. So I can still remember what was in the first stack of books. And it was um, Zora Neale Hurston's Their Eyes Were Watching God. (gasps) Yes. Barbara Kingsolver. And I actually don't remember whether it was Animal Dreams or The Bean Tree. Mm-hmm. And then mm-hmm. Jim Harrison's Dalva. And I was just hooked, like immediately. I, I did not stop reading from the moment she did that. And she, you know, then expanded my horizons all over the place to poetry and essays and, you know, memoir and... It's oh, amazing. She was it a gift. Is.
0: And yeah, I know that both Erin and I, when we read your book, we loved her. Yeah,
2: <laughs> she, we She, she was wonderful. I loved her too.
0: It did feel like she was kind of guessing what you needed at, yes. at that yeah.
2: moment. But don't you feel like that is the magic of these independent booksellers? Yeah. I mean, they really, they know their readers, they mm-hmm. know the books, and they are like matchmakers. Because in the end, that's what books and readers need, mm-hmm. each other. Mm-hmm.
0: Absolutely. Can't overstate bookstore people and library people. Wonderful. Yes. Yeah. Which
1: kind of takes us into one of our other firsts that we were wondering about. When was the first time you remember going to a bookstore and, you know, that awe feeling of like, I could buy everything in here and read for the rest of my life.
2: (laughs) You know, I I remember that feeling with libraries more than Uh, books. I remember that as a child going into our local town library on Cape Cod, which is called Snow's Library. It's in Orleans. Mm -hmm. But just going in there and, you know, the children's section and all those, you know, it was both kind of puppets and big stuffed chairs and books and just thinking, like, this is a magic space. Mm -hmm. And then with bookstores, I feel like I didn't, again, I didn't become – Discerning that and fine wine until sort of my (laughs) 20s or something, when I thought, like, oh, there is a real huge difference between a Barnes and Noble, like, you know, and these independent bookstores. And certainly that has been reaffirmed on this book tour when you just go to some of the most exquisite little stores that that specialize somehow too, and just know who's coming through the doors and what everyone's going to want to read and how to present books. It's just really incredible. Uh,
0: That sounds wonderful. Have you had a favorite so far of the places you've gone?
2: There have been so many, and I've been to a lot of stores that i have never been to before. Mm -hmm. So like Mm -hmm. Elliott Bay in Seattle or RJ Julia in Connecticut, you know, but some of these just all-time great bookstores, um, the one that I find like most comforting, because I have to travel a lot to, it sounds like a hardship, to Aspen, <laughs> Colorado for work.
0: <laughs> oh, bummer. Jeez. But you know
2: how, like, <laughs> I know, I, uh, let me tell you about my job, um, but... Uh, <laughs> But I go out there and to go into like explore booksellers, which is the local bookstore there. It's just like you can feel at home yes, the same yes. way you can sort of, you know, like a beach is a beach all the way around the world. Like bookstores have this certain smell and feeling that kind of, you know, that and a good cup of coffee. Oh,
0: wow. You just described my favorite way yeah, of traveling. That, is that was just amazing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you mentioned uh, that, you know, just like all of us when we're younger in high school, especially, we're all given a lot of books to read that may or may not be great for kids that are, you know, trying to get into reading. We've talked in the past about classics that we've struggled with, you know, things that were mandated, assigned that were like, God, this is kind of doing reading a disservice because we don't enjoy this. <laughs> did you did you have anything that, you know, you struggled with and that maybe turned you off reading
2: for a while? Totally. Um, which is so funny because, of course, I'm also like this huge whale person, like I love whales more than anything on earth, but Moby Dick, what was up with those knots? I was like, good Lord, why should I have to read this? Of course, when I went back to it much later, I was like, this is exquisite. But at the time... I thought, why would anyone, like, one more knot and I'm going to kill myself. Yeah. Right.
0: All the doubloons. Um, I didn't want any yeah, more doubloons. No more doubloons. Oh, that's for sure.
1: <laughs> that yeah. is very
0: funny. That was the example I'd wrote down. Yeah. what we did. I think <laughs> we yeah. talked
2: about that <laughs> we in
1: Expanse about how we struggled with well, that. It's,
2: it's funny because my kids are horrified, but it's the truth because they would come out of their rooms as I was writing, and the only thing I could listen to while writing were whale songs. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> Isn't that just bizarre? But they would just like get, get me right in the mood of Cape Cod in this weird oh, space that yeah. yes. rain I was yes. in. Sure. That's amazing. I know. I, it's I, wild.
1: I, I kind of wish I knew that. that when I read it. To imagine you writing with the whale, that would have really brought something different, I think.
2: Yeah. yeah. And then you have to like imagine how odd those songs really are. Oh, you know, it's like, <laughs> oh, you know. Perfect. Yes. yes. Oh, man, that's terrific. If you want a little background <laughs> yeah, music no, for, for your right. podcast. Yeah, I think we should try that.
1: <laughs> well, still speaking in the book vein, are there any books that you remember reading maybe when you got later in life to that reading stage that really made you want to be a writer that you thought, yeah, I want to explore this further?
2: Yeah, I mean, so many, it's almost hard to like list them, but mm. I totally I remember reading The Lover by Marguerite de Ross, which is so spare and powerful. Or, you know, it's opposite, like the Poisonwood Bible, which Mm -hmm. just goes on forever and you get so lost in a narrative. But, um, you know, really when I started to zero in on memoir, you know, which I've read, you know, I mean, I read a lot, Mm -hmm. but I've read so much memoir in the last 10 years. And there are just so many incredible books um you know I feel like oh gosh um Mary Carr for just the authenticity of her voice every one of her books Patti Smith or Elizabeth yes. Alexander for this poetry that's in their prose and mm-hmm. honestly like for inspiration although I've never written poetry outside of like you know those seventh grade poems that we all wrote <laughs> um Uh, That's where I go for inspiration, like Tracy K. Smith or Billy Collins or Mary Oliver, one of my absolute favorites. So, yeah, I mean, inspiration is everywhere. And I think every writer just owes a debt of gratitude, not only to the books that we've read that have inspired us, but think of all the books that those authors read to inspire them. I just feel like it's a huge Um, conversation.
0: Right. It's like a lineage all the way back, you know, everyone writes things to inspire them. Okay. So now. In your current, you know, I know you're on a book tour. I know you're probably
2: got not a lot Nothing of time, time on my <laughs> hands. <laughs> um,
0: do you have a good amount of books in your to-be-read pile? And what are some of them I, that you're looking forward to
2: reading? Yeah, I um, I do have a bunch of books. And I am actually... In the thick of a book that somehow I missed, that I love so much, I'm listening to it. It's called The Most Fun We Ever Had by Claire Lombardo. I hadn't even heard of this book. And it just, it's one of these sort of wonderful family dramas that just, you're curious, all these people are so different and you get all their sort of different perspectives. And there's this, you know, these big events, Mm -hmm. uh, not to give too much away. (laughs) I, you know, since I am starting to, emphasis on starting to sort of noodle around in a new idea that's a novel. I feel like I've been switching away from memoir and reading more novels Mm -hmm. and sort of, you know, reading them with a little bit more sort of pleasure, but also to sort of watch how someone unfolds a plot or structures their book. So I really enjoyed Ask Again Yes by Mary Beth Mm Keene. Um, I got a whole lot on the pile. Unfortunately, <laughs> I'm not. Do. In, yeah, I'm not in front of the pile right now, <laughs> sure. so I'm gonna like be scraping the the brain, which is a little, you know, not always giving up as much as I want right now. That's just
0: life. Yeah, yeah. right.
2: We understand that. Yeah. Uh, but I really enjoy listening, too. I both read and mm-hmm. listen. I'm not sure if you guys are listening. Yeah, I know Aaron likes yes, to listen to
0: nonfiction in particular. I do.
2: I have trouble tracking fiction when
1: I listen to it. Mm-hmm. So I I really like nonfiction for that. I feel like I can get through a lot of other books that maybe I wouldn't take the time. Like if I have time to sit down and right. read, I just want like a really
2: a juicy novel, stops, yes. something to
1: get into. Yeah, that gets you away. But audio, Yeah. But right. I feel like it's starting to head me in that direction. Mm-hmm. Like I've done some short story collections, and I really enjoy that.
2: Right. They're, when you can when you can take them in sort of yes. doses, yes. I think yes. you're right. It's easier, and novels can be hard, especially like if you listen at night where <laughs> oh, no one's yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Then you're like, unlike the book where it's left on page seventy three, you're like, okay, now how do I find? Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> So how do
1: you find your book recommendations? Do you, is it just stuff that you see? Do you go by, you know, people
2: you know? You know, I think in the end, I mean, it's always from another passionate reader, right? Mm-hmm. It's, you know, I think, and I feel this way even now with this book just out and sort of watching it from this end. I don't know, like, do these best of lists help? Or is it actually the readers, one person who says, this is what you need to read next. And when they're mm-hmm. passionate about it, that's when I am like, I will get that book immediately. Mm-hmm. When one yeah. of the sort of 10 insiders tells me to read something, you know, yeah. absolutely.
0: And by the way, I forgot to mention, um, congratulations on being in the Goodreads. Uh, end you. of year. Yes, yeah, I saw you are in the semifinals now.
2: Yeah. Excellent. Very scary. Please vote.
0: <laughs> I did. We did. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Thank you, ladies. Yeah, um, what is a book that surprised you recently?
2: I read um, Know My Name by. Oh, I want to that. What, yes. what Chanel is Chanel Miller? This is yes. So- yes. Chanel Miller. Thank mm-hmm. you. I was like, no, uh, Chanel Miller. And I have to say, that book blew me away um, on so many levels. Her struggle for her identity after it had been taken from her by the criminal justice system. Mm-hmm. And it was so powerful. And she was such a good writer. And when I picked it up, I was kind of like, oh, I don't know if I want to. I just didn't know how much yeah. I wanted to read mm-hmm. that book mm-hmm. and how, how much it... Um, also sort of showed the evolution of the Me Too movement in the best possible way. And I just, I found it fantastic. Excellent. I, that's on my list. And yeah. I wasn't
0: sure, I've been re- we've been reading a lot of like, we She have. Said and
2: Catch and Kill, all the, you know. Yeah.
0: Nobody's Wednesday. Victim. Yes, yeah. I
2: haven't, like, I haven't read Catch and Kill yet. That's ooh. one that's on my list. Yeah,
0: it, uh, it, it is a propulsive read. It, it is. is. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs>
1: yeah. Yes. You're on a book tour right now. We wanted to know what your weirdest fan interaction was that you're willing to share. Yes,
2: yes. <laughs> you know, it, it actually has been the most startling and beautiful part of this whole experience. Because, like, we all know the parts that are exhausting and, like, your panic over, you know, whose name you're going to forget when they're like, hey, <laughs> oh, <laughs> it's so great to see you. And you're like... You know, like that part, but in almost every place, like I can't imagine this happening at any other moment in my life. I see someone in the audience who's unexpected, and who is a surprise and who... Like, I get to share this brief moment of intimacy. You know, they're like going through the thing and you're like, oh, we went to the senior prom together. Oh my God. Or, oh. You know, <laughs> yeah. like, literally, that oh. happened. Oh. Um, the boy I went to the senior prom showed up in LA. Wow. And oh. I was just like, this is incredible. But the weirdest, most wonderful, without question, was this woman approached me by my nickname, which is Rennie. And she said, Rennie, it's Maude. And I looked at her, zero recognition, zero. <laughs> And she was the daughter of my mother's very best childhood friend who died when I was a teenager from, you know, terrible alcoholism. Oh but I loved this woman so much who was a dear friend of my mother. And then this woman who is her daughter shared something so intimate about my family that I didn't know, oh boy. that was lovely to oh know, God. not oh, a bad okay. thing to okay. know. Okay. Yeah. And it was it was just extraordinary. And, of course, then I had to go on stage in five minutes. And I was like, wait, I just want to go out for a cup of tea with you. Like, I don't want to, like, have to talk to strangers. Yes. And I I left so buoyed by the experience. And we did get a chance to exchange emails. So we were able to do that afterwards. But it was um, it was profound. I mean, it was completely weird, too, but just profound.
0: Yeah. Wow, that is so cool. Like, we've heard, you know, about very strange interactions. But that sounds, like, very meaningful, very personal.
2: Yeah, yeah. they're the weird bad ones, too. But this was a beautiful one. And I got to look for the beauty right now. I imagine
1: that a memoir kind of lends itself to some [3] of those experiences that people maybe feel a bigger connection right off the bat, because they might have played even just an insignificant part in your life.
2: But they're like, Oh, I know, Mm
1: -hmm. (laughs) I gotta go to this. Well,
2: that's true. That's true. And the other funny thing, of course, is As the author, you know, the book, you wrote, Mm. you know, you know, exactly what you wrote and how you felt and what you were portraying. But what I don't know is the book that you're reading, because you bring this whole other lens to it, every reader. And it is so odd when people tell you what you meant, or how you said it, or this, and when it's completely different, like some people love Malabar think she's a piece of work other people just think she's the worst mother on earth neither of which is how sure. I feel about her of course but it just shows me that the lens by which you know it's the cool part of reading it's actually a dynamic yes. affair yes yeah. everyone has a
0: different experience and they're all bringing those experiences to you that must be very mm-hmm.
2: but it was unsettling yes, sure. at first I was like no 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 no. <laughs> that's not what I meant it's this way <laughs> you know silly yeah, you right.
0: <laughs> Well, you know, now that um, you're on book tour, your book is out, and you've been working um, at Zoetrope for some time. Did you have an opportunity at any point to meet an author you admired? And what was that like? And was it a good experience?
2: Sure. Well, I actually worked on Zoetrope a very, very long time ago. That was a magazine that I worked on from 97 to 2002. And then I was a book editor at Hartcourt and Houghton. And after that, I run a literary nonprofit. So I am in the, like, ridiculously fortunate position of meeting writers I yes. adore and worship wow. all the time. So, um, you know, Pete Rock, Jess Walter, Colson oh. Whitehead, I, you know, Tracy K. Smith, all these people sort of come through my path, and I feel yes. so lucky both to, to support their work and to be inspired oh, by that's it. Wonderful. Yeah. that's wonderful. It's so nice list. to hear that,
0: you know— Authors are nice people, and that they're good people, and you have good experiences. They
2: are. I mean, ninety. Well, I mean, I'm sure oh, there's sure. the <laughs> rotten apples as with every everyone, but like most of the people I know, I I have just Excellent. it's been it's pleasure. Uh
1: How would you say that your love or your joy of reading has changed since you become a published writer? In the past
2: three weeks. (laughs) It's just so different. (laughs) I mean, I feel like you read differently at different times in your life. And I definitely feel like I'm a different reader when I'm writing than when I'm just, you know, on vacation for pure pleasure, than when I'm experiencing heartbreak or pain of any kind, right? That's when you turn to poetry. Escape is when you turn to something else. And structure is when you look at the great books that are out either contemporary or classic, and you're trying to figure out how you can possibly tell your story in a way that it is is as moving as one of the all-time wonderful writers. Yes,
0: that's wonderful. So now thinking about, you know, some of the books that you have been reading lately or, um, you know, recently, is there a book that you demand everyone should read? Oh, Wow come on people you've oh, asked
2: my favorite you've asked the ones that moved me and now i have to like come up with demand to to, um, a demand or a polite request that you a read a polite it. request oh gosh you guys are now i'm coming up blank because i feel like of i've course. used all my great ones um <laughs> You can repeat um, um, if that's one of, of the course. ones you would demand. Yeah. I, or your own you own know, Just demand Yeah. Everyone you just, read I, your you book. need to read my <laughs> that memoir. That's it, right there. <laughs> there you go. That's not yeah. self-indulgent not enough. No. Um, you know what? I'll tell you a book that um, if there are writers out there who are thinking about writing memoir, the book that helped me the most was Vivian Gornick's The Situation and the Story. It is really a book on how to how to write narrative nonfiction, mm. and in it I came across the line that like guided me through my memoir like none other. And that was quotes, air quotes, (laughs) for the drama, for the drama to deepen, we must see the loneliness of the monster and the cunning of the innocent. And I literally had that taped to my computer And it was such a source of grounding for me as I wrote this book that I in no way wanted to be a mummy dearest or I'm so innocent and she you know I really wanted to portray both of us in our full dimension and um, I loved that book. It's it's a it's a rigorous book. It's interesting. She's a she's not sort of a relaxing easy read, but she is so smart. That's That's a a beautiful quote. Yeah. Wow. Is there anything that you
1: are obsessed with right now that you would put in the pop culture category?
2: I don't suppose whale songs count. Well, (laughs) yes, it does. (laughs)
1: Um,
2: I have not sadly watched television in a very long time, and I Mm -hmm. truly understand that there are so many great, great, great shows out right now. Um, I just feel behind in everything that way. So um, I'm, I'm... I'm going to be your least interesting pop culture person. Hey, we'll recommend I,
0: whale songs. Yeah, and the,
2: <laughs> <honors>. <laughs> current whale songs only. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> yes. Okay, all right, yes. Yes. The, latest. The,
0: the latest, <laughs> the latest whale songs, the indie whale songs.
2: Yeah, don't read that. Don't listen to those '80s songs. They're of course, really,
0: not. yeah. <laughs> well, Adrian, that is it for our questions. We we want to thank you so much for joining us. I hope you had uh, a good time. I know we did. This yes. was wonderful. Excellent. Thank, Thank you so much. so much. This yes. was a
2: blast. So and I good. really appreciate it.
0: So Aaron, we just talked to Adrienne Broder. It was everything I hoped it would be and more. Yeah. Magic. She's amazing. You know what I really liked? Hmm. That she listens to whale songs. <laughs>
1: That made my whole year. That is the best piece of information ever.
0: Yeah. Like I wa- like you said, I want to reread the memoir now. With that. With that in it mind. It should
1: come with a little CD of whale it songs. Should. But like she said, not 80s whale songs. No. <laughs> it's got to be Current. the best yeah. whale songs. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. I
1: also really liked that she focused on the magic of independent booksellers. Because yes. we understand that Absolutely. firsthand as avid book readers. But sometimes people don't mm-hmm. understand how different it can be going into an independent bookstore and i loved hearing her talk about that and all the great places that she's going
0: absolutely mm-hmm. and speaking of some of the places she's going the fact that she saw her date from the senior prom at a reading that sounds
1: terrifying it does
0: to me. it sounds awkward as hell mm-hmm. i don't know if i would do very well in that situation it sounds like she handled it like a pro yeah she really did yeah i'm it was very i impressive. would not have no, done that that would have no. been super awkward yeah
1: <laughs> i would have yeah it would have just been too oh weird. it would have been terrible yeah yeah yeah, yeah. The other thing that I like, and I really enjoyed the way that she said it, was that everybody reads things differently and brings yeah. their own perspective. And a lot of people have talked about this before, brought this up, but I love that she recognizes as an author that they're probably taking something different than what yeah. she intended, and she's okay with that. Yeah. Which is interesting.
0: It is, because it. it- it might be a very hard thing to be okay with. Yes. I imagine you go into it wanting to communicate mm-hmm. a certain story or a certain message. And if people take something different, it might be strange, but yes. difficult. Yeah. But
1: also that she's so invested in the reader, you know, enjoying it and getting something out of it that she's okay, that it's not exactly what she intended, yeah. which, you know, is probably true for all art forms. Yeah, so absolutely loved
0: that. Um, I like that. She's basically met everyone. In the literary world, but yeah. she still knows how cool that is. Like she hasn't yes. lost the fact that, that is so freaking cool. Yes, and she still has a little bit of just awe at her life.
1: Yes, that was amazing. Love it. And I mean, she hated Moby Dick too, so, so she's already best in the club. Yeah. yeah, she's fully amazing. best friends. I just her whole the whole interview was just a
0: it was delight. so fun. Yes, it was.
1: She was great. Well, we'll be back next Wednesday with our regular. Weekly themed episode. In the meantime, you can head to our website, broadsandbooks.com, to check out
0: all of those episodes. And you missed any or you missed a different bonus? Now's the time to get listening. Get listening. Like we said, this is a new series of bonus episodes we're providing. We've got lots more coming, so get ready. Yes. Our regular episodes
1: and these bonus episodes give you help figuring out what to read next and make you laugh. And if we've done that, why don't you give us a review? That's all we ask. Eternal love coming your way. If oh, you God, so
0: much eternal love. So much. If you've been listening to our regular themed episodes, you know we've taken some great listener ideas, too. So if you have a theme suggestion or a challenge or even just the germ of an idea, send it our way. You can find us on Facebook,
1: Twitter, Instagram, on our website. We're not hiding. No, we're not. We're in plain sight. We're waiting for you. Yes, we are. Happy reading.